Hi, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mawusi Raglan, known as Wu Rag, and we are back again with Susan Parso. She has overcome domestic violence, and she wants to share with you on the violence that took place in her marriage. And she wants to share with you so that if you find yourself going through this today, if you find yourself in this position today, in this situation, these are, she's going to share a story with you so that you can get help if this is you today and get help right away so that you can start your life. Hi, Susan. How are you? Good. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, Susan, for taking the time out again out of your day to really share your message and to pass it on so that we can help someone else survive this nasty crime I, I call it a, it's a crime it's it's abuse it's, abuse is a crime you don't do you don't treat people like that I don't I don't respect it at all and uh, this is why I do this this is why I have this podcast so that we can spread the message so that we can help as many as people possibly get out of this vicious cycle safely so I have a question for you let's Let's go into details about the violence that took place in your relationship, in your marriage. Well, there are so many times that I'm not sure which part to talk about. But um, yeah, that well, we talked about the first time. Um, I was just shocked, and he just attacked me, really. Um, and I'll never forget because I had to then tell the the police what happened and everything like he had me on the bed and choking me um and then he another time he like my son has this projector with starfish on it that you can so it was kind of like a nightlight and for some reason it was in my room and he always um would attack me when I was in my room like in the morning usually not always but usually I don't know why and so this projector it's like a hard plastic like with a little sea star on it and he took that and he hit me in the back of the head with it and I that shocked me more than anything that he's ever done because it was hard and it hurt and he could have really really hurt me and later I was when I I don't know it's probably months later I'm like how how could you hit me with well I didn't hit you that hard I knew how hard I was hit I was like what like you could have like killed me and cracked my head open with that thing um so that was one of the things that sticks out in my mind and then uh, something I just like dawned on me recently is um I would say I mentioned how he was cheating and I knew that he was cheating probably two years before I left him and so I didn't want and, and he was hitting me and abusing me and screaming at me and calling me names I didn't want to I don't want to be with him anymore. Like I didn't want to have, you know, sex with him or anything. And he would, he still wanted to, and he would make me. And I was telling my friend there yeah, that he would like make me have sex with him and I didn't want to. And that sometimes I would cry and he'd do it anyway. Sometimes he would stop, sometimes he wouldn't. And then um, he would say, oh, you're just a bad lay. And, and I was telling my friend this, she's like, you know, that's like rape. And I was like, it's oh not God. like it is. It's a yeah, he, that's what he did. He he would engage in and you didn't want that. Yeah, I would cry and say, I don't want you. And I'd say no. And he'd that's do it anyway. 
And then into my like mind blowing to me, like, well, if I'm so disgusting and ugly and terrible and horrible and all these names, he'd call me and I knew he was cheating. And if he's so in love with this other woman, then why would he even invite, you know, it's about control and power. And he would say to me, um, um, you don't respect me and I'm gonna make you. And I'm like, well, you can't make me respect you. I could never respect anyone that hits me. That's not respect. It's called fear. And I told him, I'm, I am afraid of you, but I do not respect you. And so that would really piss him off. And then he would hit me, you know, you're going to respect me. And then he used to take his fingers like this and he'd poke me, like poke me, poke me, poke me. I went to, I like counted, I had like 30 bruises, like all over my stomach. So he'd poke me and he would say, well, I'm not hitting you. I'm not hitting you. I'm just poking you. That's, that's not hitting. I didn't use a fist. I didn't slap you. It's just a poke. I'm like, yeah, that poke, they're like little daggers. Every time it would like, poke, 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 you'd poke me. Cause it, he said that that was not hitting. And then um, the second time that I actually had to call the police, I don't even really remember exactly what happened, but he- Yeah, that's my next We question. have an old house. Why didn't you yeah, ever have him arrested? Well, twice he was arrested. Okay. And then uh, actually he was arrested three times, but the third time was because he broke the protection order and he did stay in jail maybe like a week or two until his girlfriend's husband bailed him out. But that's another, that's right. But my walls are not drywall. This is a really like old, yeah, this is an old house and these walls are like plaster. So it's like concrete. Right. And he like, um, I could show you the holes in the walls that are still, he threw my cell phone and it got stuck in the wall. That's how hard he threw it. And that was really scary um, because these are not like, you know how hard you have to throw to like make a hole in like plaster. It's not drywall. It's like, it's like throwing a phone into concrete and it like made a hole and stuck into the wall. And that was scary. And then- um, So you would, just back up a minute. You would press charges and he would go to jail and, and you never dropped the charges. He would have to. No, the, nope. I dropped the charges both times. Third time I did not, but that was after he was out of the house and I smartened up. That was, I, that, but that was to help him. He's, and so you did, why didn't you, why didn't you, why didn't you press charges and keep it there? Why did you? Because well, there's lots of reasons. Why um, why women now that state of mind, they do that. Why do they do that? Why are, why are women that are involved in this abuse? Why do they drop the charges? Um, well, I know a lot of women are still like so in love, but I was not still so in love. Um, but I still felt responsible for him because I brought him here from Colombia, and because he had such a terrible childhood with the things that he went through. And I knew what it felt like my dad left when I was four. And even though my dad came back and I still saw him on the weekends, it was hard to not have my dad. And I like, I don't want my son to hate me because I separated him from his father. I want my son to have a father and, and I, thought, well, he'll change if he gets help. He says he's sorry. And he used to be a regular normal person. He used to be kind and we had fun and we were in love and he was never violent before. It's just because he's going through all these things and I just need to get him help. 
And I thought if I could just help him, he'll go back to the way he was. Yeah, they're really, and then, yeah, the abusers are really good with grooming you and making you feel that anything that they do, that you're going to really care for them in a way to where you'll just be stuck with them. You, yeah. you, you start feeling, oh, I can't, I feel so bad for them. They've been through so much. Everything is always turned back. It's as if like, you don't, you don't exist anymore. It's as if the only thing that you, even with the hurt and the pain and the abuse and all of the beatings, it's, you still find that person and say, I feel so sorry for them. Yes. You uh, that you, yeah. And why do and, why did you why do you feel that you ended up there? How did you why do you feel that you ended up there and at that in that place in that space mentally and physically? How did you well it happened slowly? So he was pretty normal for three years. Then he started yelling at me. And because I grew up in a household with my mom who yelled and screamed and hit me, I can take a lot. Like before I realized it's not normal um I didn't realize how bad it was until he started hitting me and then I thought I could help him and then I really didn't realize how terrible things were until he was gone to be honest Mm -hmm. once he was gone and I started processing everything um it took me he he was left in July and it was probably around October Mm -hmm. Um, even November, so I don't know how many months that is. Um, oh, October like, to November, from July till October. So that's how long it took me to realize how terrible things were. Really, were. I was like, I every day I was like, oh my god, he did. He um, raped me. Oh my god, he broke my cell phones. Oh my god, he threatened to murder me in front of my son. Oh my God. He like took a knife and like pretended like he tried to stab me in the shower. And when I screamed, he laughed at me like, Oh oh my God. He like said he was going to make me lose my job. Um, and that's one of the things that he would do like in the morning, I'm trying to get ready to go to work. And he would like attack me before work. And he'd say, I'm going to make you lose your job. And I like, why I'm the one that pays all the bills. (laughs) And then he'd let me go. And so I'd go to work crying in a mess and have to get myself all together. And, um, but so once he was out of the house and I started processing, like he did this, he did this, he did this, he did this. Oh my God. Like, that's not normal. Um, that's not normal behavior. I said, Oh my, I was abused. Like I was really bad. How, how did I not see how terrible it was? Because when you're in it, we talked before about being in survival mode, you just survive day by day and you just I I liken it to like being in a war and I like was in a four years war and I you know process it till it's over and then you like sit with yourself when you finally have peace and calm and you're like I went through this and it was really bad but I didn't realize how bad it was you're right and I was going to go back into that because of how the abuse as a child you block so much out because you're in survival mode. And then here you are, find yourself back in that situation again. But now this is with someone that charmed you and was so nice. Like it was too good to be true at first. 
and then all of a sudden he got you and then after three years it just started out of nowhere and that's what they do the put downs how he how did he make you feel would he talk down to you and talk about your appearance and make you feel that oh if no no other man wants you only I want you would he make you feel that way well he would just accuse me of cheating all the time so he didn't say no other man would want you but his favorite thing to call me was free willy you know I gained 80 pounds in like less than a year being with him from the stress because of what and so because what was eating you up inside him he was he was uh, he was that demon and yeah and because you weren't happy you you had you took it out in other ways of self-harming it's just- yeah so i gained 80 pounds i didn't care how i looked i didn't do my hair i didn't wear makeup i didn't wear like cute clothes i would just wear the most comfortable easiest like jeans and a t-shirt that's all I would wear. At this time, were you doing that because you didn't want him to be attracted to you anymore? Were you doing this to kind of like push him away? I just didn't care. Nothing, nothing pushed him away. I, try. <laughs> I would tell him like, if I'm so disgusting and you hate me so much and I'm such a, you know, B-I-T-C-H, well then just leave, just leave. Go be happy. If I make you so miserable, just leave and go be happy. And that's when he said, I will kill you if you ever leave me. I will never leave. And I'm like, but why? If I'm so terrible and you hate me so much, why Why are you here? Just leave. But he would not. No, he won't. He wouldn't do that. That's what they do. They literally want that control over you. And because they are so sick in the mind, they're not going to leave. He would still be with you right now, controlling you and abusing 100%. you. 100%. Right. He was, he was sick. He's mentally crazy. And because of that, it just goes, hopefully it stops with you. But unfortunately, he'll just do that to the next person. And they have to go through the same stuff. So, I mean, hopefully you know, by you leaving him, did you finally end up pressing charges on him the last time when, when, when they, so the, the last time I got a protection order, but because he didn't actually hit me the last time I left, he just yelled at me and, you know, accused me of cheating and all that stuff. Um, I didn't, I, I couldn't, um, get him like in trouble for that because he just yelled at me, but I did get the protection order approved and um so he wasn't allowed to come back but then he broke the protection order and i made the mistake of not getting the locks changed right away because i i didn't want to pay for it and i was waiting for my dad to come (laughs) and i thought well he learned his lesson and he's afraid of getting arrested um because he went to jail twice before and so he won't come back but he did and luckily my friend was here when he did come back and um she saw like well she saw firsthand like how he treated me and imagine if she wasn't there like what would he have done like he ripped the tv off of the wall because it's on that you know that 
was bolted onto the wall on that finger. He tried to rip that mounting off the wall and he broke the TV, like cracked into pieces. And I had cleaned up the basement and moved all his stuff into like this back room of the basement. And he like got all his stuff out and started throwing it at us and like destroyed the basement, like just like stuff everywhere. And Wasn't, you know, did you call the police? I told him to get out or I was going to call the police. And my friend was like, you need to leave. And she speaks Spanish like really fluently. Like he does. So she went off on him in Spanish. I'm like, Oh yeah, tell him some more. And so, um, um, he, he didn't leave. So we left and then I had to call the police and tell them, um, that he was in the house. And so then he did get arrested for breaking the protection order. Oh, so he was in jail for, I don't know, like a week or two weeks until his girlfriend's husband <laughs> bailed him out. Let me ask you, did you press charges then? So then it like went on and on for like a couple months, like months. And then finally the lawyer said, well, he's um, done this or that. And um, they don't want to press charges I'm like and at that point I just didn't care anymore I'm like as long as he never talks to me again just I don't care I'm just over it and so that was that and that was how long ago um that was probably if he goes out it was probably in August of last year of last year yeah and that's good so he's no contact no anything it's over yeah, he'll call me once in a while to talk to our son and ask me for money. And I just tell him to take a hike. Good. And then and I block him. And then with my son, it's like, I want to talk to my papa. And I'm like, all right, we'll unblock him and we'll call as him. As long as you're not giving him money, as long as you're not letting him back in, as long and as you're not rekindling the relationship. Right. Yeah. What's crazy to me is that he thinks that after that everything that he's done to me, like, why would I give you, he's supposed to be paying me child support. And of course he doesn't, he doesn't, I don't even think he has a job. And I'm like, you're supposed to be paying me. Why would I give you any money? You don't help me with your son at all. Like he gives me $0 and then asks me for money. And that's what, that's where the controlling, that's where all of the rage come in, all of the abuse. This man, it's sick. He's not mentally stable. He needs help. No, and he, yeah, and he does. And I tried to tell him for years. I tried to tell him for years, you need to go to counseling, you need help, you should, maybe you need medication. And he thinks that he's not crazy, you know, that it's pretty much everybody else and not him. And I think, and he probably is on drugs because this is like- He is, yes. Normal. He is, right? <clears throat> yeah, when things got really bad before I kicked him out, I did- he worked at a recycling plant and the people that work there will like pull pills out of the garbage and they break them up and snort them. I'm serious. And one time he asked me, what are, what is this? What are these pills? I'm like, I don't know. where did you get these? They go like, oh, out of the garbage. The guys told me that I could, I'm like, are you crazy? And he ended up getting addicted because I did, um, um, maybe like a month ago, I did take him to the airport and everyone's like, why would you do that? I'm like, I want him out of my life. And he right, wants to go to New York. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about seeing him when I drive down the street, you know, because we live in a smallish city. And so you just Where are see you people from? all the time. Where are you from? I live in Spokane, Washington. Oh, 
And so it's not a huge city. And so you see people all the time. And so I'm like, I want, if he wants to go to New York and he wants to try to make his life better, he has men, family there that won't put up with his, you know, his ish, then I'm going to let him, I'll take him, I'll let him go. And when I saw him for the first time in so long and he looked terrible, he acted, you know, like the, you know, this is not, this is not funny, even though I'm laughing, even though I'm laughing, but you know, those people that like jump into the street, like waving at the traffic and they're like, you're like, what is wrong with these people? And they're about to get run over by a car. He was acting like that. And he kept telling me what, what, what? I'm like, what are you on? And so I found out that him and his girlfriend um, got addicted to that drug that's killing everyone. Those fake, yes, fake opioids that are killing people. That's what him and his girlfriend ended up both being on. How would he even up and long enough to even try to fight anybody? All they do is sit there and nod off all day. I guess, well, it ha- I guess it happened after I got him out of the house, but he was starting to do all he these drugs doing before. Susan, acting like that with you. That is not normal. People that come home and abuse their women and children, that, that is not normal. That is- Well, he, he smoked a lot of weed and he would smoke the oil, not just like the plants. And like, oh, it's natural, it's natural. But the oil is not natural. You can fight me on it all you want. It's not natural. Oh, no, they I'm not vape it. Well, you else. won't, but other people do. Oh, okay. Right. right. We're talking to I the know audience. you won't. Right. But, so it's like they vape it and it's oil and it's like a hundred times stronger than regular weed. Okay. And he would do that. And when he was sober, he would be angry. He, he was, he is 100% addicted to marijuana and people will say it's not addictive and it doesn't ruin families. It's from nature and it's legal and it's this. And it's, I'm like, well, you know what? It ruined him. That's how it all started. He, and he would smoke the oil. He was so addicted and he had to have it to be like mellow or normal. And if he was sober, he was angry. He was agitated. He was anxiety ridden. And that's how it all started. And then it turned into whatever. Wow. If you guys are on the oil, you might want to rethink that. Okay. So, because it just does, when you start dibbling with and dabbling with different things, it leads to other things. Now the man's on fentanyl and the whole thing is that he, he, did he drink too as well? He did drink. And one time um, he got so drunk, he was throwing up blood. And he had like visions of his grandma that had passed away and he was throwing up blood and he asked me to help him and I wouldn't. So he went in the bathroom and I guess he woke up and vomited on himself and I wouldn't help him. Oh, he and was he, yes. Yeah. Ladies, so then he quit drinking after that, ladies, which helped that that's when he had a good spell that lasted a good six months or so he still hit me in that six months but it was like a lot better when he quit drinking but I've heard that he drinks again now but I don't know it's I don't know ladies and gentlemen if you are with someone that is a drinking doing drugs being abusive leave leave yeah it's all you could do right because your children are in danger you're in danger you can't help them did you hear it was a couple of weeks ago, as you know, the children are getting murdered left and right, not only getting abused, they're getting left in the car seats in the back of the seat. 
and the parents are walking away free. So we need to stop that. This is ridiculous. You, you all are just acting a fool out here and it needs to stop. If you know that you're getting abused, you need to take your child out of the situation. You don't get abused and leave your, your, your child with the abuser as well because you're scared to leave. No, because then they end up dead and you need to pay for the consequences. This yeah. is dope. This is serious. Another thing I didn't share. So I was working, he wasn't, mm-hmm. and he was taking care of my son. This is before I knew all the stuff going on. And then my son started to get like behind and I didn't understand why, like he was having trouble potty training and he wasn't talking like I thought he should, you know, and he wasn't meeting all the milestones like when I thought he should have. And so I got him into um, physical therapy and occupational therapy. And they're like, oh, there's nothing wrong with him. It's just exposure. I'm like, what do you mean exposure? His dad's with him all day. And his dad speaks Spanish and he couldn't speak. My son cannot speak Spanish. And I'm like, if he's with this man all day long and he can't speak Spanish, even though he's with his dad way more than he's with me because I'm at work. And he's, and I try to potty train this kid and I can't cause I'm only doing it at night. Right. When I'm home. Right. Well, I found out that he was off with his girlfriend and they're smoking pot and they're doing all, and he wasn't, he was just putting my kid in front of the TV. I mean, it looked like he was taken care of cause his diaper was changed and he had food to eat, but he wasn't interacting with him and he's behind. And I like that, uh, like scars my heart because I didn't know. And when I figured this out, I put him in daycare and all of a sudden he was potty trained. All of a sudden he was talking and guess what? He doesn't know Spanish because dad never talked to him, you know? And so neglectful. Yeah. And so, and it was hard to tell because he, you know, he had food to eat, you know, he had love from me and I'm sure his, his dad did love him, but didn't spend any time. I'd say, take him to the library, take him to the park, but he never did. He was just too busy doing whatever he was doing. So when I figured that out, that was when I'm like, I'm going to have to leave this man, but I couldn't do it in that moment. And so I've got, but I did get my son in daycare. Yeah. That solved a lot of the problems, but yes. it still bothers me because he's still behind. He's going to, he just finished kindergarten and he's still um, a little bit behind. And then I don't know if it's because his dad didn't do all the things with him that he should have or what of all of the trauma that to endure watching you see most women don't realize it that when you come from a home and it's a lot of chaos the mom's getting abused she's getting yelled out it affects us children it Mm -hmm. does and it's something that a lot of women they get themselves in a situation they're like oh I don't I don't see a way out the dad has to stay home with the child He's doing it to me. He won't dare do it to the son and be neglectful. He's going to help. He's going to do this, do that because that's his baby. He love him. But ladies, come on, let's open our minds. Get your heart away from the situation and think with your mind. It's going, the child suffering. That's yeah. what it boils down to. And then later on, you, 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 you don't run away from it. It doesn't get better because then you're stuck feeling sorry. Like, oh, I should have left earlier. I feel really bad. I did this. But as soon as you can get out, which today, please get out. If you're in this situation, if you are identifying with the story that Miss Susan is sharing with us all today, if you can identify what she's saying today, please, there's help out there for you. I'm going to give you a 1-800 number. We're going to wrap it up. And I just want to ask Susan, 
we both know that women, children, and men are facing this today, right now. We know that women are in this situation. What advice can you give to them so that they can leave out of the situation and to know when enough is enough? Um, well, when your, your kids are suffering, your health is suffering, you know, um, you know how you feel and you know that you're not feeling like you did before you met the man or women can abuse too. Um, but before you met that person, yes. you shouldn't feel sad. You shouldn't feel lonely. You shouldn't feel scared. And if they make you feel less than or alone or scared, that's not normal. And, and they're not going to change. You're not going to help them. You can wish all you want. Cause I did. And, and it's not going to work. The only way to solve the problem is to leave, to get away from them. And also, and, go ahead. I was just saying, and, and the YWCA helped me, and they're all over the country. They give me, I'm still in counseling. They give me counseling. They had babysitting. Um, they helped me fill out the protection order. They gave me a paralegal to help me with the divorce. They helped me fill out all the paperwork. They went to court with me. Um, they went to court with me to get the protection order. Um, they went to court with, they, they helped me so much. I cannot tell you, like, I could not have done it without their help. So if you're afraid, because I was afraid, but you have to do it anyway, because you, it, you will feel better and you will move on and you will like, you will be the person you were before. It takes a while, like it's been a year for me and I'm finally starting to feel like myself again. I was saying how I quit caring how I looked. I, you know, I like, um, I never would wear like a cute shirt like this. I would just wear like a baggy t-shirt every day. That's all I would wear. Cause I didn't care. I never put on makeup, nothing. And now I'm like, oh, I should put on some makeup and look good. Like it, you will feel better if you just, just got to take that first step. And that is the scariest thing is just deciding I'm going to leave. And then taking that step out the door is like the hardest, scariest, most terrifying thing. But once you do it, everything else just gets better. It just gets better and better. Do you have, is that the place that helped you? Are they internationally, globally, are they known? Can they help? Is it a 1-800 number? Um, I don't know if it's international, but I know that the, they're like a branch of the YMCA kind of, I think. Okay. They, okay. And so like anywhere there's a YMCA, there's going to be a, there's more than likely a YWCA. They do have a website um, and you can like, they have like, they can make it private. So if someone checks your computer, like it won't show up and stuff like that. And yes. they'll like help you. Like they won't say who they are if they call you. Um, and everything anonymous, uh, anonymously yeah and I was never that I, I was like I don't care you can know who I I didn't care I just wanted help. but I know some women are really really terrified and want to stay secret and they will help you and but they will tell you to that you have to leave they recommended that I go to a shelter and they help you um they help you get into the shelter that's for women and kids so it's not scary it's still scary to me and I was like I'm not leaving my house I pay all the bills and so I was able to get him out but I know not all women have that choice or option. Yes. And so they do help you. They help you have a place to stay. They help with daycare. They'll even help you with clothes. Like they do so many amazing things. And I'm so thankful that 
that there is help out there and you just have to ask for it. Yes. And I'm going to give you the ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave you with a telephone number to domestic violence hotline and they do as well. They will help you and it, it is private. They will give you information so that you can safely leave the situation. The number is 1-800-799-SAFE. Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. I'm so happy that you've joined us again. And what you've shared is so important. It will help many people. Trust me. That's why I do this. That's why I have this podcast, because this is what's needed right now. Because people are dying and getting murdered at a phenomenal rate. About We're going to lose about two, three, two, two to three women today because of domestic violence. Children as well. And, and they won't even know what happened to them. You never think it will happen to you. But it, it definitely can happen. Absolutely. The, the, the person that is there abusing you, that's already doing the crime, is, is showing you right now what's, what's happening, what can lead up, what's already taking place. It's You're already in the situation, ladies and gentlemen. You're not out of it. You're in the situation. So for you and your children, please leave. Please get yourself out of the situation so that you can live the life that you are meant to live. Right. And it doesn't matter what they say to you. Oh, I love you so much. You're my everything. You're my world. You're my life. You're my wife. Oh, my family means everything to me. But then the next day they hit you like, no, you listen to their actions and not their words mean nothing. Thank you so much. You have done a phenomenal job and you, we're going to help people today. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And be sure to leave a review, a review and let us know how we're doing. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Have a wonderful day. My name is Moosey Raglan, known as Rag. Go ahead, Susan. You want to say bye? Yeah, just, I hope that, I just want everyone to leave their abusive partner. And I hope that even this one person will like listen and be like, yes, I can do it too. I can leave. Because you can, you can leave. It's possible. Absolutely. It's possible. So go ahead and start now. Okay. Don't wait any longer. It's okay. And let us know how you're doing. Enjoy. Can they reach out to you? Yes. Go ahead. Give of your course. email before it cuts off. My email is susanparso at gmail.com. And I'm on Instagram. I'm Susan Parso, P-A-R-S-O on Instagram. And if you like, just want someone to talk to, I'm there. You can always message me either on Instagram or email or, and I will, I would love to talk to you. You heard it from Miss Susan Parso. Thank you so much. Please, if you didn't catch the information, take it back and share with your friends and contact us. We're here for you. Enjoy. Thank you for your time. Bye. <laughs>